0: Welcome to the Catholic Influencers Podcast, where we go deeper into Sunday's gospel reading to help you influence the world for Jesus. I'm Danny Sullivan. And I'm Father Rob Gallia. And this podcast is presented to you by FIG Ministry.
1: Season two, episode two. We're talking again um, and welcome you again to this Catholic Influencers Podcast, where we're going deeper, so much deeper in the scriptures and so much to learn. I'm loving the studying it's uh, um uh, how are you finding it danny
0: i'm really loving it i'm not the studious type i think the last time i studied this hard was year 12 which is like our final year of high school or secondary school and that was the last time i remember like sitting down and studying and i've been to university college like
1: there you, go. Even and you didn't there. study at all that
0: <laughs> i did what i needed to do so this yeah, is really go. exciting because i'm like oh no i don't i don't hate study when it's something that i'm hey. interested in um but unfortunately maybe, year 12 was maybe
1: not. we'll get you to do a theology degree yeah, and maybe. And then you know, I won't get you to do anything. We won't get you to do anything. Maybe <laughs> you can do a theology degree. <laughs>
0: yeah. I was like, are you paying for this? Because I'd be so down for that. And
1: pray that she'll be a nun. No, no, don't pray that. No, no. <laughs> she's getting upset. No. I'm not do getting upset. Do what you upset. need. But I, I mean, please pray for me. Oh, a teacher. Yeah, we don't need to be a nun to, to serve God in the church. You don't need to be a priest to serve God in the church. But there are just um, this is how this is one thing I'm really passionate about: about empowering lay people, eh, to go out. How imagine how amazing it would be to to if we as as if lay people just understood their vocation to to go out and preach. But anyway, I I, I digress. <laughs>
0: yeah, that went from whispering to pray for me to be a nun, but yeah. also lay people. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no, I think yeah, I think it's a beautiful vocation to be a lay person. Um, you know, Absolutely. married, single, like so much potential. Yeah, so, exactly. I mean, maybe pray for that vocation as well. I we know.
1: could pray for that vocation. I'll leave it up to the listeners to pray for what vocation. <laughs> pray that God's God's will be done. Eh? That's a please good please place pray to
0: start. Please pray for
1: me. Please pray for me. Was that a Maltese <laughs> accent? <laughs> <laughs>
0: I would not even try to do a Maltese accent.
1: Okay, yeah, try it. Try and put on a Maltese accent. I think
0: the only thing that I can do, and it's not Maltese, it's just Father Robisms. Yes, is it's really, it's not... You used to say it a lot. You haven't said it recently because we laughed at you so much. But when we did something good, you would say,
1: well done. Well done. And it's so condescending. But I did it authentically. (laughs) I just said, well done.
0: And it sounds like, oh, you did a really simple task. Good on you. But you, you meant it genuinely.
1: I was appreciative.
0: It did not come out. Can you out. pronounce
1: that word, appreciative?
0: I feel like you think English isn't my first language. <laughs> English is my only language. It is but when I was in Italy with my friend, I kept um, translating words. But the words would be like, I don't know. Latte, And I'd be like, oh, that means milk. <laughs> <Latte>. <laughs> and it'd be like the easiest words, like professoressa. Is that a Prof- word? Yeah, professoressa. Yeah. And i like, that means professor. But a female. <laughs> but a female yeah. professor. And my friend did not appreciate it after the first day. And
1: your friend is Italian.
0: She is Italian. But, but I, cannot
1: speak Italian. I
0: mean, I did study Italian. So I do know some words. Yeah. But she didn't love me translating <laughs> <laughs> the, the words. As that, you went along. Yeah, it wasn't a great game
1: for her. There's, that's good. I have a lot of people, eh? Like in Australia here, we have a lot of, and I suppose in the United States, a lot of people who are second generation, third generation mm. um, of, of a particular culture and don't know their language.
0: Yeah. I mean, my mum is a full Dutch and I know no Dutch language, mm. except for like food. We use a lot of Dutch food in our like house. Can, Can you we,
1: understand Dutch though? Because that's a really complicated language.
0: If it's about food, I could probably understand what they're talking about, but I, not a sentence. Like mum, mum's parents spoke Dutch. Particularly in like in his final days, he reverted back to Dutch. But I, me and my siblings don't speak anything.
1: It's like the Pope, Pope John Paul II, when he became. Old elderly, and he was very sick at the end. He just spoke Polish. Mm. That's there you go. How we revert to that. I don't know what I'll revert to. <laughs> <laughs> I speak Maltese, English, and Italian, but I think I'll I think I'd revert I'd stay in English because yeah. that's where my thoughts are, think, and my dreams I think and I dream in English. Mm.
0: I, with a Maltese accent or Australian accent?
1: With my with I don't have an accent, it's you who has an accent. You're an Australian accent. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. I do. <laughs> See, anyway,
0: but we are excited to speak about okay. Scripture.
1: We digress again. <laughs> yeah, this okay. happens a lot. So let's go straight into the Scripture. Um, we're talking here on the 20th Sunday in Ordinary Time. Uh, and it's the Scripture is taken from Luke chapter 12, 49 to 53. And Danny's going to read this for us. Proclaim the Word of God.
0: I came to cast fire upon the earth, and would that it were already kindled, I have a baptism to be baptized with, and how I am constrained until it is accomplished. Do you think that I have come to give peace on earth? No, I tell you, but rather division. For henceforth in one house there will be five divided, three against two and two against three. There will be divided father against son and son against father, mother against daughter and daughter against her mother, mother mother-in-law against her daughter-in-law and daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law.
1: Bit harsh, eh?
0: Bit harsh. It's, yeah. not, it's not like the feel good, lovely God of love message that you expect. Yeah,
1: and the God of peace. Like we have a statue in our church at St. Killian's here, and it, 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 Jesus is, this is Sacred Hearts, beautiful statue, okay? But it's um, with Jesus with his hands together and pointing to his heart and looking up and looking so peaceful. Um, But this is like a different Jesus Different Jesus A different Jesus Like he's saying Hey I didn't come here to give you peace I came to cause division
0: Yeah Like not, not gonna bring the peace Just gonna make siblings and parents and children Turn on each other
1: Yeah Is what it sounds like it is a bit, it's a bit um, confusing, I suppose. But I, what we'll do throughout this podcast as well is go a little bit into context and and see what that means. So what do you think? Like, what did you get out of this um, scripture reading?
0: The first thing that I kind of got out of it was where Jesus says that, you know, there is a baptism, which I must be baptized. Mm. So he's saying like, you know, it's something that I have to go I have to go through, I have to go into, I have to suffer. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he's the Messiah. These, his apostles would have, you know, the disciples would have thought so much of him and then Is telling them that he has to go through this baptism and suffering. Mm. But then after he tells them that he's like, oh, and also I'm not the God of peace or, you know, I'm not going to bring peace. Mm. And then he starts telling them they're going to be divided against their family. So I think that that first thing is that Jesus acknowledges that he has to go through this suffering and it's not a, you know, it's not an exciting, easy choice for him. He's like, I have to do it. And he knows that he has to do it, but he also does that willingly because it's for us. And then, you know, that division as well. I think that that's, something that obviously was prevalent back then, and I know we're going to speak about the context a little bit further, Rob, but it's something that hasn't changed in 2000 years. Like this belief in Jesus and this love of Jesus still divides families and still divides work friends and, you know, on the schoolyard, it is a cause of division even now.
1: Mm. And that's true. And it was in the time of Jesus and Jesus said it would be and it will be until the the final day, you know, there's always going to be a division. But let's go a little bit into context of the scripture, okay? So this is all about uh, the Messiah, the perception of the Messiah, okay? So it starts off with, with uh, we have to understand that when we think of Messiah, we think of Jesus, okay? As Christians, we can think and we can think in a whole context of who Jesus was. But for the Jews at the time, of course, the Messiah was to come to overrule the Romans, to destroy the Roman Empire. Basically, and make um, the Jewish religion um, uh, the principal religion. Everyone will bow down before this holy God. He was a conqueror and he was to be a king. But Jesus here again challenges this, challenges this and brings them. This was shocking, absolutely shocking for the, the Jews to hear. So it starts off with Jesus saying that he's going to bring a fire. Now, when a Jew understood the word fire, for them, it meant judgment. It was obvious. When Jesus said, I'm going to bring a fire, that means judgment. Now, okay, fair enough. There's nothing special about that. Bringing judgment, we know Jesus came to bring judgment. But the thing is, for the Jews, people who were not Jews were judged by one standard, but Jews were judged by a completely different standard. For the Jews... Just by the fact that they were Jews, they were going to go to heaven. They knew by, they had the birthright, they were the chosen people of God, therefore they were going to go to heaven. Everyone else, the Romans and so on, were going to be judged for their evil and purified and and sent to hell unless they followed this Jewish religion. And so they wanted to eliminate judgment. They didn't want the fire. Like, what are you talking about? We're going to go through fire. Don't you know who we are? We're Jewish people. We're going to go straight to heaven. But Jesus says, no, we're all going to be judged. Every one of us. And we have the choice of choosing heaven or choosing hell. And so so often, even in our lives, that we want to eliminate judgment. We want to say, no, no, I want to go straight to heaven and not suffer the consequences of sin. And the consequence of sin is death. And not only a physical death, but also a a, a spiritual death, an eternal damnation. And so it, it comes to this point where Jesus has shocked them by telling them, hey, you Jews as well are going to be judged. Now, do you remember who wrote this book? Luke. Luke. And he, he was a. Gentile. He was a Gentile. He wasn't a Jew. and Successful so Successful answering of the question. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and so um, he, he's coming to this place where he's saying, hey, I'm going to judge you. Um, you're going to be judged. You Jews are going to be judged as well. So I imagine they would have rebelled against Luke as well. And mm. um, Luke also wrote another book. Do you know what other book he wrote? Acts. He wrote the Acts of oh, the Apostles. Yeah, that's it. right. Because he was with, that's why we think and we know pretty much that he was with St. Paul because he documented his trip. I'm um, including, again, the great land of Malta. Oh
0: <laughs> I wonder how many times Malta can
1: be mentioned in this season. It's a whole season. chapter. Come on. It's a whole chapter in Luke's. It's a whole One bunch. of Luke's, Luke's books. Several islands. Yes. Well, Australia. How many times is Australia mentioned in the Bible? Zero. How many times is the United States mentioned in the Bible? Zero. But... <sighs> Malta, one whole chapter. Isn't that an applause for Malta? Thank you. Thank you. Okay, back to the subject. Not the second thing, <laughs> Danny's looking at me like, I can't believe you just did that. I can't believe he just did that. <laughs> okay. The second thing, uh, let's again back into context. Uh, but wait, I digress again. I'm going to rewind. Heaven and hell. Mm. That, that is something, um, it's part of judgment, you know, we're going to, the judgment is whether we go to heaven or whether we go to hell, but ultimately it's our choice. It's our choice. So we're going to stand before God. God doesn't create us and send us to hell. He got, it's, I think it's wrong to think and to understand that God sends us to hell. God doesn't. We choose. We choose whether to go to heaven or to hell by the decisions we make, by the life of we live, by the people we love, by the fact whether we accept or reject Jesus. So I imagine if you're going to put it like in, in sort of anthropomorphically, in a sense that we can understand in human terms, we're going to stand before the gates, the pearly gates of heaven, and Jesus is going to be standing there. And
0: St. Peter be with him. Maybe.
1: Yeah. I don't know. (laughs) Peter will be just uh, at the gate over there, just saying, but once Jesus goes in, Peter steps back. Okay. Okay, So Jesus comes and stands before us and he welcomes us. And he says, are you going to come? And he says, come. But the thing is, we're going to have a choice. We're going to say, listen, God, I'm, I'm not able, I don't know you, or I, I haven't lived for you. And we have the choice whether to accept Jesus. And we start doing that now we're standing at the pearly gates Now, Mm -hmm. by the way, we live for ourselves or for God. And we're standing, we choose whether I'm going to go to heaven or I'm going to reject God. Oh God, I'm not ready yet. I need some time of purification and praise the Lord, there's purgatory, okay? Mm -hmm. A place where we can be purified to go into heaven. We'll talk about purgatory another time. But um, yeah, this is where we need to stand before God and choose a, a life and love of him we need to love jesus with all of our hearts in our life and also when we stand before god
0: and i think that something you mentioned in there relates back to what we spoke about last week with being you know the preparedness like yeah that decision starts now it's not something we can choose when we die when we get to those gates it's a choice that is made daily like every day we have to choose jesus and choose heaven
1: that's right and it's a battle eh? as we're saying it's a wrestle
0: yeah absolutely and i think that there's a couple of like you know there is the battle um, with the scripture this week like a battle with the people that are close to us they're not always going to agree with us and they're not going to make mm. this journey easy but it's also a spiritual battle like this supernatural world is real and it's trying you know there are demons trying to keep us from heaven this spiritual battle is legitimate and Absolutely. there's also the earthly battle of division in our family in our friendship groups so it is just a fight and we need to be ready for it and you know that takes a lot that takes prayer and work but there's so much more i'm going back to last week so you can take over father yeah Rob. and the- and,
1: it, and it's not that the family are the enemy okay? it's the family are uh, even in this context, the family is not the enemy it's just there's something so much bigger, something so much truer mm. and greater, and the world hates truth, and that's why you see Jesus tells us to choose the truth and the world will reject truth. And it's not the standard of, of the world and what is right and, and what what they, the world and the government considers just. It's what God says is just. And to choose truth is to reject that which is not in the truth, not false, but to reject that which is not living in the truth. And we'll get into that a bit later. <laughs> But the second thing, okay, that another brings, another point that's brought out in actually verse 50, it says this, it says that I have a baptism to be baptized with. In other words, this is another thing that would have shocked the apostles. Again, the Messiah, Jesus, who was supposed to be the Messiah, is the, is the King, the conqueror. And he's saying, Hey, I'm going to go through a baptism, like mm-hmm. you were saying at the beginning, a baptism of suffering. To baptize means to to dip, okay? So when people understood, the word baptism was used more freely than we use it today. Today we see it as a sacrament, especially in, in Catholic language. But to be baptized meant to be immersed in something. So, for example, a drunk person, a person who drank too much, was baptized in a sense. They were overcome. They had dipped into the drink and were overcome by it. Or a ship. For example, a ship going through through the rough seas had to be dipped and go into the water, almost submerged into the water to, and come back out and to be able to reach its destination. And th- that submergence is in itself that is going to bring it to its destination. So what Jesus is saying here is that he's going to be submerged in suffering. He's going to be submerged in pain. He's going to be submerged on the cross overcome by suffering and pain and how do you think that made the apostles feel
0: i don't know how it made them feel but if i was them i would just be like why why are we putting so much time and effort into this this guy that isn't that maybe isn't our messiah he's Mm. just you know he's gonna have to suffer and he's not gonna bring us peace and our families are gonna be divided yes like it's not exactly you know filling anyone with confidence
1: exactly and but he's saying this is the thing the humility that i'm i'm not going to conquer the the romans but basically the romans are going to seemingly conquer my life mm. and i'm going to be submerged i'm going to be dipped into this suffering into this pain and i'm going to lay down my life for many again coming back to the idea of luke luke who who knew that jesus salvation was not just for the jews it was for everyone for sinner for saint for a gentile for jew everyone and, and this is what Jesus is saying: the suffering was for everyone. It was for those who are the many who are we- willing to receive Christ.
0: I'm really excited. I didn't know that baptism meant to be dipped, so I just think that brings so much. I don't know more to the sacrament of baptism. Like you know, you're baptized in Christ, but that's just like fully submerged in Jesus that's and right. like surrounded by and overwhelmed by and overcome by Jesus. It's not just a sacrament. It's Absolutely. Awesome.
1: That is, uh, that's a beautiful way exactly of seeing it, of being baptized and overcome by Jesus. But it's also being overcome by his life, death, and resurrection. Okay. Mm. So it's, we are submerged into the suffering of Christ, into the death of Christ, but also into his resurrection. We're submerged and we're lost. We're overcome by Christ. But with that, again, comes, as we said last week, the responsibility to start fighting. All that salvation, fighting only Christ. We don't need to win our salvation, Christ has won it for us. But we need to stay in it mm. and we need to stay on that narrow path. And that's that requires a lot of endurance, a lot of um, uh, toughness, and a, a, a warring spirit.
0: So that judgment and baptism is like you know the first half of the scripture in today's gospel, old Sunday's gospel. but what about division? That takes up the second half of the scripture that we hear. Why is that so important? Why did he place such emphasis on that?
1: Well, because suffering and, and division are in, in a sense tied here when it comes to Christianity. You see, this is, well, the Romans, the Romans were a very ordered government. They were like the ideal entrepreneurs. They were the, like the, the government that were just absolutely incredible. They were so well organized. They were just amazing. They were taking over the world. But they had systems um, of, of order. And so when this Christianity started to rise up, they were pretty upset. They, one of the reasons why they didn't like Christianity, the why the Romans hated Christians, was that they were causing division among families. They didn't want division. They wanted unity, you know. They wanted everyone to work together, which is a a good thing to want, don't you think? Yeah. And so it's um, they wanted everything to work together. They wanted families to have a peace. They wanted people to be happy with the government. They they didn't want anything bad, but they perceived Christianity as something evil. Because they said, hey, this this cult, this sect, all of a sudden is causing division. And it's causing families, brother to turn against sister, sister against brother, mother against son, mother against daughter, whatever. So there was a lot of division. And so the Romans didn't like this. But the thing is, it was necessary for the division to happen. Because you see, they weren't Christians, um, some Christians being more Christian than others. They were like someone would convert and come and encounter Christ. And when they encountered Christ, they all of a sudden found themselves with a new, uh, this incredible truth of what to live for. Not to live for government, not to live for material things, not to live for this world, which everyone else was living for. And not to live for unity, but to live for this Christ, this Messiah and so all of a sudden their way started to change and then families started to think hey You're becoming a religious fanatic. Why are you following this cult? And they would tell them to stop But the thing is they wouldn't stop because they knew the truth and so what would they have to do? They'd have to leave their families and and unite with the communities the Christian communities to be able to keep their faith and This caused a lot of division They had to choose loyalty to Christ over things of, of this earth. But it's also relevant today, eh?
0: And like, you know, maybe we don't have the structured, ordered government of the Romans, but believing in Jesus and following his will in our lives is still going to cause division. And maybe it's not going to be against your family. You know, maybe your family is also full of believers and that's beautiful. But sometimes it is, or sometimes it's going to be your workmates or the friends that you had before you had an encounter with Jesus. You know, when you have that encounter, you're going to realize that some things in your life need to change. And maybe they're friendship circles, creating this kind of division in what you believe and what you want to proclaim. And then what, you know, the truth that maybe they haven't heard yet or haven't accepted yet. Yes. Um, and I think that, yeah, also like the deeper the encounter, the more in love with Jesus you are, like the deeper that division's going to be because it's, you know, we're not called to choose the world. We're not called to choose the custom or the easy. We're countercultural as Christians. So that division is going to become more and more visible maybe in yeah. our lives
1: more evident more yeah. visible yeah and evident, so- that's a good word <laughs> <laughs> you see English is my first is more my first language yes I so me <laughs> but this is this is the thing it's not only the family as well and yeah. just again to clarify it's not that the family is the enemy it's just that you've you've seen something that is true you hold on to it but it is so hard because there's this thing inside of us that wants to be united we want to be accepted we want to be loved we want to fit in But Jesus is saying, hey, you have to be extravagant, you have to be excellent, do whatever it takes to believe the gospel, to hold on to the gospel. But it's also relevant in a sense with the Roman Empire that want unity. For example, issues we have in society that tell us that we should believe a certain way, that we should live a certain way. And if we don't accept this way, it doesn't mean we don't accept the people, but we don't accept this certain way of life, then we don't fit in, then we don't belong then we're cast out. Then we're causing division. For example, in Canada, for example, it's illegal not to um, want abortion, you know? It's it's illegal um, if you, for example, you get no government subsidies, no social help, if you don't sign this document which makes you say that you agree with abortion. Think that. That's one issue. But there are so many other things that that the media promotes, that, um, uh, that a Christian is called to live differently, and that casts us out. That makes us an enemy. And like the Romans that were upset with the Christians, the government is upset with Christians. Mm-hmm. And that is in the same in our Australian government, the Canadian government. It's, a, it's evident in, in non-Christian governments. And Christians today are persecuted. They're killed. They're crucified. They're murdered. They're martyred because they choose to, and given up by their own families as well, when they do convert, convert to Christianity. So this is so true. This is still stands true to, today.
0: But I guess ultimately it's not about this division or this, you know, being rejected by the world. It's about something bigger than that. It's about that unity with Jesus mm. and that end goal, you know, heaven. Last week, again, we spoke about, you know, store up treasure in heaven. Like that is what we're called to do. And that is greater and bigger and more wonderful than any division here on earth.
1: Yes. And it's a, it comes at a, a big cost. It mm. is costly. And Jesus says and he's preparing us for that. And the apostles were upset and we're still upset with that same gospel today because we don't want as I said again, we don't want to wrestle. We don't want to fight. We don't want to battle. We don't want division. So much more convenient just to fit in and to love and accept and justify everything and think, oh okay but if you're really reading the scriptures if you really follow Christ, if you really follow the truth, you're going to defend the poor. You're going to stand up for, for the refugees You're going to be there for those who are broken. Even when the world and the government rejects them, we're there for them. We're there for the broken, for the voiceless, because this is what Christ has caused us to do. And that requires us to be extravagant in the way we live. It calls us to be excellent in the way we follow Christ.
0: Yeah. It comes with that responsibility as well. Like we have to do this. It's not an, it's not an option for us. Like we, if we're using Christ as our example and he would do that, we have to follow him. He is our model. He's the perfect being. We want to aim for that. And you know, I guess back to that judgment, like yes, there's purgatory, there's that time of purification and that is beautiful that we have that, but we want to aim for heaven. Exactly. And like, you know, that's that's a reality. It's easy to read scripture, and read the lovely verses that tell us that we're made for eternal life and be like, "Okay, I'm set. I'm good." But then scripture like the one that we're reading today, this isn't it's not all easy. It's division and judgment and suffering. Yeah. And it's not always what you want to hear, but it's it's truth, and we have to listen to that as well.
1: Mm. And, uh, again, uh, what we need to do is to make sure we're countercultural. And this is, again... Coming to the title of this podcast, you know, Catholic influences. Those, though, Catholic influences are people who are countercultural, mm-hmm. people who, in a sense, not cause division, but are willing to pay the price even of not being liked, of not being accepted in order to follow the ways of Christ. And that is so easy um, to reject and so easy to justify not to do. You know, and think, oh, okay, uh, as long as, again, I don't kill someone, as long as I don't do this, I don't do that, then I'm fine with Christ. No, Christ calls us to this depth, to this 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 almost violent, and I, I mean, not the right word, but this violent relationship with God. Mm. And it, th- this that, that stops at nothing to follow Christ.
0: So there's a lot in that. Like it is a short scripture, you know, compared to last week. It's yes. tiny, but there's so much in there. That baptism, there's the suffering, there's judgment, there's division, but there's also a lot of hope that Jesus is with us in this fight. Um, So yeah, thank you so much for listening. We hope that this Sunday when you hear this gospel, or if you're listening to it in the future, open the Bible, read this and just, you know, pray with it as well. Like there's so much depth to scripture and we're so thankful that you're on this journey with us as we learn about this scripture as well. So please reach out, keep in contact, Fig Ministry, social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or yeah, like we also love reading your emails we love your feedback we love your ideas so podcast at frg and
1: also one of the things we would like to do is finish our podcast not just yet because we're still in season two but with answering some of your questions if you have any questions and um, so if you'd like them to be mentioned on the podcast any questions you might have about scripture um, we'll be more than happy to do that um, in our next episodes thanks for listening god bless